0: If there's no resurrection, we might as well eat, drink, and be merry. Let's talk about it on today's edition of Renew Network Podcast. Good morning, my friends. We are moving on today in our study of 1 Corinthians 15. We're going to be looking at verses 29 through 32. Now, I will say from the outset that this particular Uh, section of Paul's teaching on the resurrection of the dead uh, presents us with uh, some troubling uh, considerations. And I think the easiest way to begin unpacking these verses is to begin by reminding uh, us of Paul's objective in writing the book of Corinthians, the letter to the Corinthian church. The letter is written as a letter of correction. And throughout, Paul is addressing issues that exist within the Corinthian fellowship of believers things that have gone awry, places where they've wandered from the apostles' teaching as originally provided to them. Um, And so he's making these course corrections to keep the Corinthian church headed down the right and good uh, path. Uh, of the Gospel. And even in this issue of resurrection, Paul has been correcting them because there was a mistaken notion among some Corinthian believers, and we're not sure how they concluded this. Perhaps there was some false teaching or some outside influence that was um, causing some to embrace this belief, but some, as is revealed in uh, 1 Corinthians fifteen twelve. Um say that there was no resurrection of the dead, and so there were believers in the fellowship espousing that belief and um, so we we know that there was already that issue um, swirling about within the fellowship and now as we come into verses twenty nine through thirty two we see that Paul is challenging another notion uh, an uh, an issue of practice as it related to baptism. Uh, within the Corinthian fellowship and so we'll unpack that in a moment and um, we'll see what uh, we can glean as the spirit leads us but before we get into the text let's go to the father heavenly father we love you today we're ready once again to study your word we come hungry we come hopeful Uh, prepare us heart mind body and soul so that we might be receptive to your word and we might be open channels uh, to your word as its message um, uh, opens within us, plant seeds of faith within us, um, give us ears to see, eyes, uh, understanding eyes, um, and willing spirits to take action on your word today. And uh, help us, Lord God, direct us as we seek to apply your word to the maximum spiritual benefit as it is our desire to grow to be more like your Son, Jesus. And we pray all these things in your name. Amen. All right, 1 Corinthians fifteen twenty nine through 32. Now, if there is no resurrection, what will those do who are baptized for the dead? If the dead are not raised at all, why are people baptized for them? And as for us, why do we endanger ourselves every hour? I face death every day. Yes, just as surely as I boast about you in Christ Jesus, our Lord. If I fought wild beasts in Ephesus with no more than human hopes, what have I gained? If the dead are not raised, let us eat and drink, for tomorrow we die." Now, as Paul begins this section, um, he addresses the issue that he uh, addressed earlier in verse 12, um, the idea that some were embracing that there was no resurrection, and he says, if there's no resurrection, what will those do who are baptized for the dead? So, he is now um, uh, including uh, this practice that was taking place within the... Fellowship of believers there, where some were being baptized in place of um, the dead. Now, we can presume that these were folks who had been members of the Corinthian uh, fellowship of believers, who had gone on uh, from this life to the next, who during their earthly life had not participated in uh, the sacrament of baptism. And so the presumption we can make is that some were standing in their place, possibly with the belief that um, a person's uh, faith profession must be accompanied by baptism, that baptism was a rite that was uh, requisite, that was a uh, requirement. And so some were standing in the place. So this could, too, be revealing a spurious teaching that had worked its way into the actual practice of the church. Now, this is not to say that every uh, believer in the Corinthian fellowship embraced this idea that they could... Uh, be baptized for a dead uh, believer who was a friend or family member. And what the importance of that was, uh, we don't know how that teaching and practice made its way into the fellowship. We don't know. But Paul is bringing it to light here. And um, he says, if the dead are not raised, why are people baptized for them? Uh, So if they're they're questioning resurrection, what good is being baptized for a dead person? If there's no resurrection, that means when you go in the ground, you stay in the ground. You are dead and gone, and there is no afterlife. There's no life for you beyond the grave. So no concern about being baptized. So it seems as though in verse 29, uh, Paul is challenging this spurious teaching about baptism and this practice that has taken root within the fellowship there. We can be sure that Paul was not the purveyor, of this practice or this idea. Uh, This would not be congruent with what Paul knew of the Gospel, nor would it be congruent of the teachings of the Apostles that have been handed down to us uh, through the New Testament. So this was not a practice that was common, nor was it uh, theologically sound, based on the Apostles' teaching of the Gospel. Uh, And so we move on from that challenging text. this has perplexed preachers and theologians for many generations, and the, there's no real clarity because we don't have a contextual basis uh, by which to understand why uh, the content of verse 29 um, is included and how this issue came to light within the fellowship of the Corinthian believers. Moving on to verse 30, Paul says, And as for us, uh, why do we endanger ourselves every hour? And we can presume that that statement could be finished um, with, for the gospel. Why do we endanger ourselves for the gospel? Why do we sacrifice ourselves for the gospel? Why do we commit our way to the gospel? Why do we allow ourselves to be abused and beaten and imprisoned and all of these things that were happening to first century apostles and first century believers on the basis of their profession of faith? Why do we endanger ourselves for something that is of no benefit beyond this life? He says, I face death every day, yes, just as surely as I boast about you in Christ Jesus our Lord. In other words, I'm constantly lifting up you, your faithfulness in Christ, and I am constantly putting myself at risk for the gospel. Why would I do this? Why would I fight off wild beasts in Ephesus if I had nothing more than human hopes for this life? If, if I had no promise of the seal and guarantee of resurrection uh, given to us by our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ? Why would I do these things? I would be crazy. If there's no resurrection, we might as well eat, drink, and be merry. Let's just throw a party because when we die, this whole earthly experiment is done. We leave these tents, we leave these bodies, it's all over. So party up. Uh, Why would I do these things if I did not trust in and believe with all my heart that I am sealed in Christ for the day of resurrection? It would be pointless. And I love the point that he's making. And I, and, and I want to remind you, my friends, how critical it is that we hold to the apostles' teaching, how critical it is that we hold to the truth of the gospel, that there is indeed a promised resurrection, that Jesus is the first fruits of the resurrection, and he was raised to life after three days in the grave. And that is a seal and a guarantee and a promise that all who put their faith in him will be subject to the same. We, too, have the promise Of resurrection in Christ. And so we hold fast to that truth and we don't let anything uh, slip in to challenge that belief or to uh, cause us to stand on uh, a weak foundation. We stand on the truth of resurrection in Christ. uh, And um, if Jesus was raised, we too shall be raised in him. So stand firm in your resurrection today, my friends. And I hope that this uh, time of teaching was encouraging and informative. And I pray to you that God will continue to help these words resonate in your hearts as you consider them today. God bless.